0: Welcome back to Toys on Tap. This week, we bring on Plastic Vomit Customs with Jason and Nicole. This dynamic duo is producing and printing some of the cleanest work, and it's incredible. And not to mention, their toy collection is off the charts. To get more of Toys on Tap, you can like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get podcasts. If you want to find us on social media, it's at Toys on Tap. Now, let's get back to this episode of Toys on Tap. Hey, hey. Hey,
1: how's it going?
0: Great. Thank you so much for doing it in the morning. No one ever offers morning time.
2: <laughs> well, that, like when we did, uh, toys alive it was at like nine o'clock here and it was like a few two or three hours long i can't remember but at that time i was working a job where i had to be up at like five o'clock in the morning and we have kids that we have going to school the next morning so it was like we are up late and like trying to get the kids to bed beforehand and then having to get up for work early the next morning so earlier is definitely better <laughs> yeah for us anyway
0: unreal i remember those early episodes of toys live three hours i'd tap out <laughs> after like an hour and a half because i just have other that's, things that's I, I, to do. I
2: was like i don't think i've ever actually watched a whole episode <laughs> of toys live because they're so long it's like i would like get started on it and then like fast forward until i'd like see some toys being brought up and then like kind of watch some parts and then fast forward through some more like i I've watched like parts of a lot of them, but never like a complete like episode. Just yeah, was there, so.
0: it's like a a movie for me. I'll watch half of it, and then the next day, I'll like tune back in and rewatch <laughs> the back end, right. uh, I'm stoked that you guys are both on. I don't I hardly ever get duos that come on, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but before we start, we gotta play a little game. It's called Rank R- That Toy it's it's probably gonna be I don't know what era you guys grew up in but I'm gonna give you a couple toy lines and you gotta tell me where <laughs> they rank and you could create enemies in the toy scene you could create <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are both born in December of 1981 we were born about two weeks apart from each other
0: okay okay wait 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 are we I'm a December kid too how close to Christmas are you
3: I'm I'm the 21st
2: yeah <gasps> I December fourth.
0: I'm the twenty second.
2: <laughs>
0: um. All right. Are you ready? So, GI Joe, Dino Riders, Star Wars, Food Fighters, TMNT, and Street Sharks.
2: Hmm. So are we going like from favorite to least favorite out of yep. all those? Yeah. it for me? Like I said, GI Joe is my favorite when I was growing up, but Star Wars is my favorite now. G.I. Joe is probably my second out of those. Then Dino Riders, TMNT, and Street Sharks. Was there another one? I feel like there was another one in there.
0: Uh, there Five. Food Fighters was in there. Food
2: Fighters, (laughs) yeah. What was uh, Food Fighters and Street Sharks would probably be about the same. I think I had some Food Fighters when I was a kid, but I never had any Street Sharks.
0: Yeah. What about you? Are you in the same boat?
3: Um, I was all girly toys when I was younger, but now I'm. All Star Wars and like Godzilla and um Shrubgun Warriors.
0: Yeah.
1: Completely different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, what we need to do is now go back and make like Polly Pocket versions of Godzilla toys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. I actually, I yeah, she Too actually has, has yeah. one that's like or a few of those. They're like a Godzilla head that opens up with like a little mini Godzilla set inside of it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's we,
2: so good. Well it was last year yeah, last year. Maybe not even a year ago. <laughs> but yeah, we I mean, didn't I didn't even know
0: they made it. I was but... <laughs> pretty excited when they that. Awesome. I you know, I just went to a um this like replay. It's called Replay Toys Boutique. I don't know. I've never heard of a toy boutique, but that's what it is. Um, and they have a Japanese version of uh Poly Pocket called Angel Pocket made by Bandai weird looking knockoff but it's cool that they did that
2: I, I love bandai stuff i think they make a lot of cool stuff like and a lot of bootleg yeah. bootleg like, boot, like kind of stuff too like weird robots and different characters like Absolutely. i see a lot of stuff and i'm like oh that's cool who made that and a lot of times it's bandai like stuff i don't even know about and it like ends up being bandai
0: <laughs> well welcome to toys on tap before we jump in uh and go any further please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do
2: all right i'm jason i'm and this nicole is nicole and uh mostly our uh like focus is like vintage sci-fi mostly star wars but we do some like horror stuff and uh some like superhero stuff mostly five-point articulation we kind of venture out into other stuff occasionally but that's our main focus i'd say
0: and toys as this, like, duo, that uh-huh. that's insane. I, I love that you're working together to do this. Um, before We're going to dive into your whole history. But, like, what's it like working together towards making toys and stuff?
2: Well, I'll tell you the story. Some people, other people like to hear this story. But uh, we actually met on a toy page on Facebook. Mm. She was living in Oklahoma, and I was living in Ohio. And we started talking back and forth through this, like where we'd met on this toy page and kind of like started falling for each other and like really started talking all the time. And we didn't even know, but at the time she was making custom My Little Ponies and I was making custom Star Wars toys. And we didn't even know that about each other at first. And then like, like a little while later, like she brought up that she made like custom My Little Pony toys and it was like showing me some of them. I was like, wow, I make custom Star Wars toys. So it was like kind of, like a cool thing to find out about each other that like both of us were like doing that already and um at one point we finally decided we were going to meet up so i flew out to oklahoma and we started kind of flying back and forth like she was either flying here to ohio and i was either or me flying out to oklahoma and it was like every other week and plane tickets were getting kind of crazy so that's kind of how we started making uh custom toys we started making custom toys to sell, so we could play for plane tickets to go back and forth to see
0: each other. <laughs> uh, so, is that the same story from your perspective as well? How'd it go from your perspective? That's the
1: same, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, I I only asked that. I asked my or my someone will ask me and my wife to tell a story, and I'll tell it. And mine is okay. way more embellished. <laughs> <in life. laughs> um, that's the most wholesome Toy Story we've had in the whole <laughs> couple of years on here. So I'm excited. Um, as you have started creating, I, I do this thing where I go backwards on Instagrams and do that. And it looks like this page at least hasn't been around that long. It's been around for about a little over a year, year and a half, right?
2: Yeah. Like we had our uh, Facebook page to begin mm. with and, uh, We started the instagram page not too long afterwards the instagram page at first was basically just to catalog our stuff but then this people started following it they kind of got more active in both of them like our facebook page where there's a lot more stuff like on our instagram page we try to like catalog a bunch of our stuff and try to keep out like a bunch of other nonsense but on our facebook page we're like posting memes and like scores that we find at toy conventions and stuff and like there's a lot of like in between garbage in between <laughs> posts and our customs, but we try to keep the Instagram page, like lean with just the stuff we're making so that we can like basically catalog our stuff and have a place where we can just go to find the stuff. And it's not like a bunch of other garbage that we want to throw on there.
0: <laughs> uh, so walk me back all the way for both of you. Um, the role that toys played in your lives growing up, what was that like? Um, what uh, toy lines did you have growing up, all of that stuff?
2: You can go ahead.
3: You want me to go first? Sure,
2: I'll go first if you want me to. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, growing up, I had a brother that was five years older than me. So I had, like, as I was growing up, he had a bunch of, like, toys from the 70s and stuff already. So, like, even though, like, by the time I was getting on to play with toys, like, Star Wars had kind of phased out But he had, like, the Ewok Village and, like, all the Star Wars toys. And, like, the Ewok Village was basically, like, our go-to playset for everything. And that was, like, G.I. Joe playset, (laughs) Star Wars. Like, we had Star Trek, Dungeons and Dragons, like, mixed in together. And, like, we basically, like, played with all the toy lines together. And, uh, like, they were all, like, from one universe. (laughs) And and with him being just a few years older than me, we played a lot together. But uh, so I had, like, a lot of toys growing up from like a little bit before my time as well, just because my older brother had already had them. And like I said, G.I. Joe was always my favorite. Like I was trying to get everything G.I. Joe. And uh, but I like Thundercats, Masters of the Universe. I had a bunch of both of those. Um, I had a bunch of like just random different stuff, but like those three toy lines are probably the ones I had the most of was G.I. Joe, Thundercats, and Masters of the Universe. And I did have like... A decent amount of ninja turtles like by the time they came out like i was kind of phasing out of toys and got into like bmx riding and skateboarding so the toys started to like fall off a little bit but uh yeah masters of universe and thundercats and gi joe are definitely my three favorites
0: i'm glad that you brought up the bmx because that's always yeah. the next question at what point did you just start getting rid of them
2: Uh. yeah like i actually kept my toys for a long time and it wasn't until like the early 2000s i had sold them off on ebay for like next to nothing like i my went to my parents house and like found a box full of stuff and i'm like oh i could probably sell this on ebay and like sold them for nothing like i even had like some comic books like i had the uh the hulk i think i forget what issue it was but it was like my prize comic book it was the introduction the wolverine the first appearance of wolverine i think i sold it for like 75 dollars <laughs> think think sells for like a couple but like, it wasn't great conditions i remember my aunt had bought it for me she had found it at a comic store and bought it for me as a birthday gift because i had like always wanted it but like nobody could ever find it at like a affordable price for like a kid's birthday present but i think she paid like 75 bucks for it and like Hmm. Uh, now that's what I paid that's what I sold it for I, I don't know what she paid for but I know it couldn't have been too much if she bought it for me for my birthday but I ended up selling my comic books at the, around the same time I sold my toys and uh yeah I think I sold it for like 75 dollars on eBay in like the early days of eBay
0: heartbreaking all right now we got to go to you
2: all
3: right um growing up my brother and I were a year and a half apart and um my mom, she would always buy me all the girly toys, My Little Pony, Strawberry Shortcake, uh, Rainbow bright. I didn't care too much for the dolls, but I always loved the animals. My Little Pony was my favorite. And um, actually, my favorite toy when I was younger was Ninja Turtles, because my brother and I would always play with those together. Um, and because G.I. Joe's too, but. I really didn't learn any of the character names (laughs) for those guys, but we always played Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joes.
0: To love G.I. Joe and still play. Like I have a love for any animal toy. So I love hearing that that's where you were.
3: Yeah. Um, Like the Barbies and the dolls, but I never really liked those very much. I always liked my stuffed animals and the ponies.
0: Did you, um, stay in toys as long and then get rid of all your stuff as well?
3: um, I think the toys kind of phased out when I got more into sports. I would um, play baseball with my brother, and then I started doing track and field, and the toys just kind of like fizzled out.
0: It's so heartbreaking that all of us have like that same story where toys just start to fade out. And then we, I think the hard part is then like on top of after we get rid of all of our toys, then we spend the rest of our lives trying to buy back all the toys that we had.
2: Yeah. Like what kind of got me back into it is I started collecting vintage BMX bikes and skateboards at one Mm. point I found out they're worth money. And then I started like getting into collecting them And while I was out hunting for like BMX bikes and skateboards at like yard sales and flea markets and thrift stores. I would start finding like He-Man or GI Joe and like random stuff. So I started picking those up. Well, then I had kids and, uh, my two sons both got into toy collecting at one point. Like they were, my youngest son started collecting Star Wars and my oldest son was collecting like a lot of pop culture stuff, just random different stuff. So then like we started going the toy conventions and I really started like getting back into collecting toys again. And uh, for a long time I collected mostly GI Joes and I was like kit bashing a lot of GI Joes. I was buying a lot of like the black major stuff and, finding just big part lots and like kit bashing them. And then, uh, during COVID is like when I really started customizing toys, like I had a bunch of, uh, beater vintage star Wars figures. And at the time I was laid off from work and my kids were both home from school. Cause everything was shut down. And I was trying to find things to keep my kids busy, <laughs> like just random different stuff. And one of my, my youngest son was asking, he's like, can we paint some of your, star wars figures i'm like yeah why not because i had some that really weren't worth anything like their paint was basically all worn out so we got a bunch of them out and started like painting them up and uh it was actually a lot of fun but i didn't even realize that like other people did that like i ended up posting them on uh, a star wars collector page just as like kind of show people what we had did during covid and like people started offering to buy them from us and like i was like wow you can actually like sell these things <laughs> and, uh, then like people were showing me like different pages like the smugglers den which is like a facebook page for like all star wars customs and stuff and uh when i found that i really kind of started getting into it and since then both my kids have kind of gotten out of it, but i never got out. i was still collecting and they both like were done with it like years ago <laughs>
0: I mean, skateboards and BMX, you must have a facility because those are massive objects to be collecting. Like,
2: I think the most I had at one time, I had like 20 BMX bikes oh. in my basement and like plus tons of projects on top of that. So it was like I had like hanging from the ceiling and down on the floor, like <laughs> it got kind of crazy. It definitely takes up a lot of space. Yeah. And uh, like over the years, I've probably owned like over 300 different BMX bikes because like now they're like, ever since COVID happened, they got crazy expensive. Like they're up in like the thousands of dollars now. Like some of the bikes I had that back then, like I quit collecting probably about five or six years ago, but, um, and sold off like all my collection. But back then, like high dollar ones were like 1500 to $2,000 when COVID happened and everybody started getting stimulus checks and stuff, like everything, the prices, everything skyrocketed. Now those bikes are like four and $5,000 a piece and back whenever I was collecting, I started in like the early two thousands, and I was finding them for like a hundred dollars, and like excited when I could like clean one up and resell it for a thousand. But now they're like three, four, five thousand so dollars, it, like basically priced me out of the, <laughs> the <laughs> collecting. Of it.
0: So when does the love of toys come back for both of you? So you have like a little bit when you're collecting BMX. What about for you? When does that love for toys? Cause you have to have some kind of love to get you on those Facebook page.
1: Right. Yeah. right.
0: So where's um, that come in?
3: When my oldest was nine, she's 17 now. When she mm-hmm. was nine, she got really into my little pony. Mm-hmm. So, um, we ran out of, um, figures to buy from the stores. So I started searching Facebook for groups to join and find the harder to find, um, ponies. And then while on those groups, um, I realized that people were customizing them. And so that's something that we started doing together. And it just kind of took off from there. So I guess for me, it's been about eight years that I've been customizing.
0: Holy moly. And
3: collecting them. Yeah.
0: Do you have a wall of just My Little Pony things?
2: We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of
0: wood-like treasures...
1: DOV2! We have engine failure! We almost crashed land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're
2: doomed!
0: Wait! Salvation! Why? Hooray! We're saved! the deal, 2 Limited edition
1: custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys!
0: Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog.
1: Why? Hooray for custom action figures!
0: DKE!
3: I did when I lived in Oklahoma and I moved to Ohio last year. So now it's all in storage at the moment, but it'll be back out. Nice.
0: Um, The the dream to be customizing and then doing it with your kids. Can you talk Uh about that? Like some of us don't ever get that moment and you both have lived that moment. What does that (laughs) feel like to be able to share that type of thing?
2: the but kind of something funny about it like i'm really ocd about like making sure everything is like perfect down to like <laughs> more, like magnifying headsets to like paint lines and stuff and uh when me and my kids were going during covid they would like paint them and they obviously were like kids doing it and at night i'd wait till they go to bed and i'd go back out and like get the figures back out and like repaint them and like the style that they did it but like fix Touch all the, the lines, lines and yeah. like make sure it looked perfect and uh, the funny thing is, is they never really noticed that I did that.
0: <laughs> your kids yeah. probably woke up and were like holy hell i'm so good at painting right <laughs> <laughs> uh what about for you what was it like walking through those moments of customizing together
3: um it was i guess it was uh different because when we realized that people were customizing my little ponies my oldest had found a fan-made um character called Flufflepuff which was this extremely fluffy My Little Pony so we were trying to figure out a way to turn these hard plastic figures into this almost plushy type of toy um so my role was to sew this little fursuit that goes over the pony and her role was to turn like the unicorns and pegasuses or pegasi I guess (laughs) into regular ponies so she was in charge of like chopping off horns and wings and demolishing the ponies which she really seemed to enjoy
0: (laughs) (laughs) she had the good job
3: yeah if there was any painting to be done i would do that and i would do the sewing for the uh for the plushy part of it
2: yeah she actually has a page called my little fluffle and it's got hundreds of customized my little ponies that she's done if you ever get the chance check that
0: out absolutely
2: i never worked or they're insane like the quality and like the artwork on them
0: <laughs> i'm pumped about that like after uh the episode i usually go through and ask like oh i need pictures and everything to post my little fluffle is gonna be in that list of things I'm <laughs> awesome. um when you're in the the toy page both of you in the same one which what page was that when you meet
4: uh
2: Toy Hoarders Anonymous.
0: Oh my gosh. What a... <laughs> um, how <laughs> fantastic. Uh, which we, whoever the admin is, they need a letter from you both. Like, hey, we found. <laughs> um, but the what was the do you remember what was the thing that, oh, some one of you posted and the other one was like, oh, I love that.
2: She had a picture where she had won a Toy Hoarders Anonymous t-shirt. It
3: was a a birthday drawing. Oh, it was a birthday
2: drawing, okay. And she had posted a picture of her and I'm like, wow, that's a really cute girl and she likes toys. I'm like, I'm (laughs) going to send her a friend request. (laughs) Creeping. (laughs) Then it just kind of snowballed from
0: there. Yeah, hey, we need to all take it from you. You shot your shot and look what happened. (laughs) Um, So as you do that and you guys, we're going to skip a little bit from the point at which you uh, meet and do all that stuff. Um, once you're together, what is it that you start wanting to customize together? Because this is kind of a joint venture at this point, right?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I knew that she had been customizing My Little Ponies, and at the time, that's whenever like she was still in Oklahoma and I was in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But she was like, like I said, the stuff that she was doing were like basically works of art, and, like spending hours upon and making these things but then there's only such like a, a price that you can sell them for you. know, what I mean, you can't, yeah. even though you put 10 hours into something, you can't, doesn't mean somebody's going to pay a thousand bucks for it. You know? <laughs> and uh, I was making star Wars stuff and I was like, the this quality of the stuff you can make. I was like, if you make star Wars stuff, I was like, you could sell that for like pretty decent money. And it's not going to take you all the time you're putting in to like the Milo pennies, I said, if you start doing the Star Wars stuff, it'll be like a lot more, I hate to say it, lucrative, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you're not, you're going to be able to put a lot less time in it and get more money for your time you're investing in it because you're not going to have to spend 10 hours making something that you're going to sell for
1: $75. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, was that a brutal shift? to move away from My Little Pony to something more lucrative, but maybe less of what you're used to?
3: Yeah, um, I do miss the creativity. I mean, like, what I do now is a lot of 3D printing, um, just the Kenner figures, and Mm -hmm. uh, not really customizing them even, because I I do all of the clear figures, so I'm just printing and clear coating at the moment, and sometimes I do get that urge to do something more creative.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad that you said that. So you're the reason that I need all the figures that are called ice figures then. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, as I look through your, it looks like a candy shop, like all the colors <laughs> yeah. are clear. Um, what has made you, usually Toys on Tap pulls from every part of the toy scene. And so- um as far as customizers Safubi, 3d designers all kinds of stuff so you both have kind of centered yourself into this 3d realm what made you settle to this point also coming up with the ideas of how to do clear and all these things walk me through that
2: well we also like a, a lot of what we do we try to do as much 3d printing as we can because we do a lot of kit bashing too, but going out and sourcing like beater figures yeah. got to the point, like, cause at first when we were doing it, it wasn't like a big deal to go out and source some beater figures. But like now that like we're getting a lot more people wanting stuff, it's like, we can't keep up going out and hunting down 50 different beater Star Wars figures. And then having to like, you, then when you're Buying that stuff, then you got to like offset the cost of the figures that you're paying for them. You know, what I mean, it's like with the 3D printing, if we can make our own, it lowers our cost a lot and we can produce the amount that people are wanting. Because when we we're just kit bashing stuff, it really limited the amount of stuff we were able to do. But I think I, it was like two years ago, I got you the, the 3D, 3D printer, printer for her yeah. birthday. And that kind of like changed the game for us was once we got that. Now we have four 3D printers. <laughs> They're basically running 24 hours a day. <laughs> we just recently got a 3D scanner. So we're hoping to like really start making some cool stuff with that too.
0: Well, I mean, you're hoping to start. You're already making the cool stuff. Don't
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> no, I so... cool stuff. Because like I said, whenever we like uh a lot of times we'll have to make like one off figures because we don't have the parts to make more than one of them. Like, all, we, we do a lot of hunting. Like, we go out to, like, thrift stores and flea market and stuff just looking for, like, weird parts to, like, random stuff that we can make figures out of. But, like, a lot of times we'll find, like, a cool weird part that we don't even know where the hell it came from. It might be in the quarter bin at, like, Goodwill, and it's just, like, some random set of wings, which we don't even know where it came from to find another set of them to make more than one figure. And... So we can only make like a one-off with that part. But now that we got this 3D scanner, we can take that part, scan it, and now we can like 3D print it over and over again, which we we literally haven't even like started to learn how to do it. We just got it like a couple of weeks ago and haven't even really started trying to use it yet, but we have a lot of plans for it.
0: (laughs) So you get the 3D printer. What is the trial and error process as you're learning this like, incredible gift how many
2: don't have to tell you about that because i literally have no idea how to do any of that (laughs) stuff she does like all the printing so luckily for me she learned it all (laughs) i get to reap the benefits from it with none of the work
1: (laughs) yeah there was
3: there was a lot of trial and error a lot of failed prints and frustration before i finally got it running smoothly
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean and now having basically a factory running are we talking, um, these are like, these are resin 3D printers, correct?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Um, and running all of them, getting, are they all running the same project all the time? Or are they all just running something different that you're going?
1: Um,
2: usually at least like maybe two pro- two different projects. Yeah. Like okay. she usually has one thing going on and I'll have something else. So usually it's like kind of a mix back and forth between whatever I'm working on and whatever she's working on.
0: Okay. So I do have a question. With my temptation and my own brokenness, is like, if I can have a Star Wars figure that's 375, why can't I have one that's three feet tall? Well, you know, <laughs> <And> so,
2: <laughs> we kind of getting into that. Like, our printers are only, they're not real big. Like, we yeah. initially got it, like, we have three of the same one, which is the first one that we got, which was the Mars Pro 2, the Elegoo Mars Pro 2. Yeah. Which is basically for like the plate is about big enough where you could probably make like a six inch figure, yeah. you think. But you couldn't really make much more than that. We just recently got a bigger one, but we could actually print stuff into parts and then kind of glue it together and make bigger stuff. Like she's made what like 10 inch figures. Oh. Yeah.
1: But what, I definitely, definitely could, yeah. But
2: uh we've been doing like like recently we made some uh 3.75 inch jaw was like instead of having the two inch jaw was they're yeah. like the regular size like the same size as all the rest of the figures and like we did some wampas that we shrunk down to 3.75 and like some two inch wampas and uh she made a a wicket that was like 3.75 <laughs> inches was that right yeah but it was like so big around yeah. It was, like, what was it, like, yeah. 70 grams? <laughs> like, just to make it 3.75, because, yeah. like, it just grew out so much
0: <laughs> on the scale. I did see that wicket. So I just recently got one of your figures. I got the normal-sized wicket, yeah. which I don't know. Crystal clear is not the right word for it. Like, whatever <laughs> the, like, clarity is beyond that. I don't know. Translucent. It's insane. Um. And then after I did that, as I was like scrolling through you guys's page, I saw the bigger wicket and i mean, it was like, <laughs> okay, so they might have the same mentality as me. Like how big are we going? Um, and so the, I mean, does the question come up? Like, do you take custom orders of like, Hey, how big can you go? What does this look like?
2: Uh, we kind of made a decision like at the beginning that we didn't want to take commissions because we want to do what we want to do. Like we definitely listen to like people's ideas and stuff and we go with stuff sometimes, but we want to be able to like be our own bosses. Like if you're taking yeah. commissions, you're kind of like put under a time limit. Like it's at some like point kind of, you have to have something done. So you're, we just don't want to be like confined to like other people's like being our boss, basically like we doing this, so that we can do what we want we try to make stuff that we know that other people want but we don't want to feel like pressured to like have something done at a certain time or you know i mean like if we're taking commissions we're basically like under contract from somebody else to do what they want yeah (laughs) Yeah, which we don't want that
3: (laughs) yeah when i was doing the pony customs i was taking commissions and they a lot of burnout happened
2: well that's another thing it's like i remember her doing that and like the frustration from taking commissions (laughs) and like having to do them and like you're not really doing stuff you want to do so it's like kind of like she said she got burned out on it and uh i didn't want that to happen with us so like when we first started we kind of decided we weren't going to do commissions we get a lot of requests for stuff and if it's something that we like and we think that other people will like, we'll probably go with that request, but we're not going to like, we don't take any kind of commissions just for that simple fact.
0: You know, I d- I usually work with just resin and uh, molding and casting. Um, and I um, if I have things that need to be 3d sculpted or printed, I reach out to people. Um, but with commissions so much, like i always feel so guilty when i'll pitch like an estimated timeline and with resin casting it's like if the weather's bad it messes yeah. up how quickly or something and uh it's hard explaining that to someone that doesn't do toys but just wants a figure
2: we have kind of issues with that with uh painting with our we do a lot of spray and yeah. uh if it's like humid here like it can just mess up paint like i had a Issue at one point where I was making these blue star figures. And at first, when I first started making them, I was just using original Kenner figures. So I was like spraying them blue. Now we make them out of blue resin, which made mm-hmm. it a lot easier. But uh at first, I was like spraying them. And Thursday the night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live, it's Toys Alive! Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys
1: Alive! This way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current spot. upcoming shows and drops. Sure. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. <laughs> 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 and news from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys Live.
2: Toys Live. Night. Night. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. For some reason, whenever I was spraying the clear coat on, at the end, it was like, I would take the time, like, two or three days spraying them and then hand-painting all the details and stuff. And then, like, the last step, I would go to clear coat them and the whole figure would orange peel. And it was happening, Mm -hmm. like, I'd do, like, ten figures at a time and then, like, spend, like, a week doing ten figures and then have, at the last step, have them just, like, completely ruined. And I think it was from, like, the moisture in the air, from the humidity. Yeah. And uh, we had ended up getting some dehumidifiers and putting – do like the spraying stuff in our basement so we put some like the dehumidifier down there and that kind of helped but since then we started like just printing them in blue resin which now i don't have to worry about because for some reason it was just that color that blue color because i did tons of other stuff and never had issues with it but that for some reason that paint and that color when like mixed with the clear coat it was just like a bad mix and it and the weird thing too was, is I used that same paint for like two years. No one even never had a problem. And then like out of nowhere, it just started happening over and over again. And like, I'd have to like spend all that time making the figure and then completely strip it down and then redo them all over again. And it was like really frustrating at the time.
0: Um, for you, I'm assuming you do all the 3d printing. Cause you know, the software and everything. Um What is it like when they're all print? If it's in a basement, that means all the fumes are just there. Are we masking up and everything?
2: Well, we keep, like I said, we keep all that stuff in our basement. So it really doesn't like, sometimes if we're doing a lot of spraying or something like that, you can kind of smell it in the house a little bit, but mostly it stays in the basement. So that's kind of a good thing. Uh, we, we I, lung diseases. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy to like. I talk to all these different toy artists, and we all have the same thing where we're laughing about, like, "Oh yeah, yeah. we're breathing in fumes," yeah. and it's the only scene where people will do that. Like, ah, but a <laughs> die later. <laughs> um, so we're having fun.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what it, I. I mean and you can tell, like, I think I've lost all sensitivity. So I, I'm, I'm working on a figure right now and I was outside spraying and doing whatever. Um, and just a, a, matte finish. So I could start painting and I brought it in the house and my wife like was like, Whoa, 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 what's happening right <laughs> now? <Like this. laughs> and so it's like, okay, I'll go work next to a window and a fan. I'm sorry. Um,
2: yeah, it's when- funny you say like you lose all sensitivity because it's like, I don't notice it at all, but like sometimes like, People come over to our house and be like, are you painting in here? What's that smell <laughs> like? We don't even notice, but like obviously it probably smells like that. We just don't even notice because yeah. it's like we're doing it all the time. But yeah, occasionally people like mention that it. it smells like paint in here. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, we just paint some stuff in the basement.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, I can only imagine like every once in a while I've used spray paint on figures of like, oh, I need a base coat. I need to do this. Um and that is intense cuz i got to leave them outside or do something with them and then i can just see the the relief on my wife's face when i start painting <laughs> just with citadel paint like no <laughs> smell nothing going on um when you guys both are deciding what to print so with the ice figures is that a, is that what they're called yeah yeah okay it's they're fantastic um yeah. it looks like that you're going through all the star wars That original line, yeah. Okay. Um. When it comes to other figures, though, is it like a voting process that we're like, oh, I want to do this, I don't want to do that.
1: Uh, Really,
2: she does like kind of does her own thing, and I do my own thing. Like, okay. Uh, like at the time, right? Like right now, she's doing a lot of the ice figures. Like that's just a major like hit that when she first did. What was Darth Vader? It was Darth
3: Vader. Yeah, and like like, people started
2: like going crazy asking for it she's like oh this is something people really want and then she like did a few more and, like now it's like we ha- she actually has like people who have subscriptions for those like the ice figures like where they just yeah. be in advance and like when they're ready like they they're already paid for like up front but uh yeah it's definitely our-, our main seller is the ice figures that she does but uh she does other stuff too but those are like the main things that she concentrates on And then like. The thing that, like, I try to do a lot of different stuff, but a thing that I see, that be, like, it's pretty obvious from our page, but the snow troopers, like, people yeah. want every kind of snow trooper you can get. Like, it started off I was doing the blue stars, and then, like, when we got the 3D printer, I was like, well, I can print the blue stars, and started having to paint them. And I was like, well, we got different color resin, let's try a different one. And so then I put that up, and they were like, people want that one, I'm like, let's just do every color we can make. It kind of snowballed from there.
0: I uh, yeah, that's I love that it's like a free flowing thing. <laughs> Here's the question though, because it seems like both of you might also be toy collectors. Oh my um, god,
1: yeah. which
0: <laughs> which we're gonna talk about. I do want to hear about that collection. Um, do you collect one of each of the ones that you also print? Um, the
3: uh, the clear figures we do.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: that's of really the only
2: ones that we keep. Like. I always like I would love to keep all of them and I always sell them because I always tell myself, Well, I can make another one later for myself. Yeah. Cause like people will ask for them, like, yeah, I might as well sell it because I can just make another one later. But then like a lot of times I never make another one for myself. <laughs> or like if I do make another one, then somebody else asks for it. I'm like, Yeah, I'll sell it because I can make another one later. That just keeps on happening. <laughs> like we have a few figures that we've kept for ourselves that were like, like sometimes we'll do stuff that is basically we put so much work into it that we price ourselves out of selling it like it's just there's too many hours put into it or it's like too hard to make to make another one and we'd have to charge like way more money than what somebody's probably willing to pay for like what we have time-wise invested
1: into it
0: yeah with all those ice figures as well how did you come upon that as an idea that you wanted to do
1: um
3: it was kind of during the learning process, um, working with a 3d printer, I was trying several different resins to try and see which would, um, print more smoothly for me. Mm -hmm. And I tried the transparent resin with a Darth Vader figure and it worked out pretty well. Um, the weird thing about the ice figures is that, as, like, when they come out of the printer, they're crystal clear because they're still wet. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you put them in the alcohol bath to wash all the excess resin off, they are uh, really frosted looking. And that was kind of disappointing. Um, so I was like, well, what would make it look wet again? So then I sprayed it with some gloss clear, some high gloss, and that did the trick. And as soon as I posted that, everybody was... In need of one, I guess you could say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In need. Um I, yeah, those, they're just so clear. So you're nailing it. Um, my, my, as I, I got it and I opened it, um, my wife always looks at the things that I open with. It's either like shock or awe. I don't know what she looks at it with. <laughs> but I, as I pulled it out, she goes, oh, where's the backer? And I was like, this is, it's clear. Like, I, it's not a real figure that comes from anywhere. And she was like, oh, it didn't come with a clear backer. And I was like, no way is that an idea.
2: <laughs> I never even thought about that, because you could use, like, the PKE, uh, just the clamshells would be a clear backer. Yeah. I, I yeah. never really thought to said that, but, like, because they have, like, the figure space in it. But that would be a
0: don't i'll jump on that subscription service so quickly um with all the toy collecting that you do walk me through that collection it seems like there was all of a sudden uh you don't want to know about the collection i do want to know about that collection
2: it's insane um to say the least and it's all over the place like all over our house our living room (laughs) like can you like Hold that up there. This is just like one little art mantle above our fireplace.
3: Oh, yeah. Warriors and robots.
2: And that's like less than 1% of our collection. (laughs) Like, we literally have like tubs of toys and storage lockers. (laughs) We have like our whole basement is like shelves of toys and tubs of toys that we don't have room for because now we're like buying toys and have nowhere to put them. So we're just like, packing them in big plastic totes and just dashing them away because we have no more room to put anything. Yeah.
0: What is the main thing? I mean, the hard part is, uh, at least for me, uh, I collect things that I have an attachment to, and then that starts to develop like, Oh, I don't think I have an attachment, but dang, yeah. that figure looks amazing. Uh, what are the things that you were both collecting or searching for?
2: Um, Like at first, my collection started off and it was just G.I. Joe's. And then it kind of like moved over to Star Wars when my youngest son started collecting Star Wars. And then, like, I was trying to collect all the vintage line. And I actually collected the vintage line three different times because I like to go out and hunt. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, I try, other than like customs and stuff that we buy from people, I try to find my toys out in the wild, whether it be like, like we live by a a couple thrift stores and the flea market within like five minutes from our house that we get pretty lucky at like finding a lot of stuff that people wouldn't imagine that we could find. But, uh, but first, like I said, uh, I was doing the vintage star Wars line. And at first, when I first collected it, like, I didn't care about the condition. I was just wanting to get all of them. And like, I had, like, reproduction weapons with some of them and, like, didn't really care about that. Then, like, the second time around, like, I ended up selling them all and, like, it was, like, well, I can sell them all so then I can, like, f- go out and start finding them again. It's like, once I collected them all, I was, like, kind of bummed out that I didn't have any stuff to go find. So, yeah. I'm like, well, I'll sell them and I'll collect it again. So I did that and I started collecting them all again. I was, like, this time I'll do it with all no reproduction weapons i was like i'm gonna get all original weapons for him and everything so i went and did that and i think that time i ended up selling him and like ended up using the money to take my kid my oldest son to like gettysburg he was like really big into like history and more like he collects like a lot of war memorabilia and stuff so we went up to like Gettysburg while I was there like I found a comic shop and like bought some more Star Wars stuff and like started collecting it again and like this time around I'm like everything has to be mint like this time around it's like everything's got to be mint and original weapons so it's like each time it kind of upgrades itself and like here recently I started getting some carded figures which I always said I'm never going to collect carded Star Wars <laughs> figures but I've got like three of them now and uh uh, hopefully it doesn't snowball in but
0: yeah i uh i've tried never to say the statement uh i'm not or i'll never because when i first started this podcast i was very big and you can listen to old episodes i'm not a collector and i won't collect that has <laughs> like gone away so quickly <laughs> Um, but for, so for you, are you the Shogun Warrior collector with all of those? Breaking news! Welcome to the Furby break, where we tell you about an upcoming show put on by Toys on Tap, hosted by Toy Jour. To start, do you want to talk about why you okay Toys on Tap doing a Furby show?
4: Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I you, you you came to us and you half mentioned the the idea and that you were shopping it, you know, looking for a place to do it. And as soon as you said Furby, I was like, Absolutely. Uh not not just because of how um how prevalent it is in in our <laughs> uh not age group, but you know, just like in the in the zeitgeist of, of collecting communities, you know, Furby's a, a huge deal, but also um my landlord's son really likes Furby, and I can't wait to for how pissed off he's going to be that he's going to have to buy so much of this art when his kid sees it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's crazy is um, I start – so I've never curated a show, never done any of that. So I started reaching out to – what it became was like a lot of my favorite people, and then um, from that group, I split it into different countries, and then from that group, it was like who has different skill sets. and just everyone's excited they're sending me their progress pictures their dm this show's about to be insane
4: yeah yeah um i really like that you did that uh i have a tendency to try to find artists that fit the format that i'm God. doing and uh i have i've learned since you know uh you're doing this and it, it's great you, you did this and and Dano did this when he did the nugget show that you know it it pays off to to reach out to folks outside the normal uh, format of what you're looking for, you know.
0: Um, one of the cool things that we talked about early on was we would send out the McDonald's, those Happy Meals, and then gave them the option. Hey, this is what we're looking for. But if you decide you want to do Furby art instead, like we could tie both of those in. Um, and I'm happy to say over half decided to go with the McDonald's like plastic scott Hensy sculpt yeah. um but the other half in like involves there's a couple prints uh action figures i know i'm bringing in an action figure and it's it's becoming more than i thought it would which is pretty exciting <laughs> for a show
4: oh that's awesome yeah it's uh, as, as easy it is for me on the uh the one end when everything's yeah. uniform like we just did the nintendo show and it was boxes and cartridges, uh, getting to see all the different stuff flow through i mean that's it's it's a weird christmas morning every time we get a package or somebody posts something it's like oh my gosh what's coming through now you know it's the most nerve-wracking part uh of putting these shows together is actually putting the um the pieces up and making sure everything's represented in the right way and like can be viewed the right way because it's it's a fairly small space that we put everything in um and what we have to work with. We've had some overflow on previous shows where, like, we'll find space for other things, but bringing in all these different types of items uh, and having the store open while we're trying to figure it out and helping customers and people bringing stuff to, to sell to us, uh, that's why we need the, the amount of time that we need leading up to the show to, to put it together, you know? Yeah. What do you, on the night of
0: the opening
4: what do you anticipate
0: it looking like or feeling like in there?
4: Uh, so <clears throat> there's never any telling of <laughs> what what the uh, the turnout specifically is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the vibe, if we want to talk to that, I, I already know it's going to be such a feel-good show, you know, because that's kind of like what the, the Furby vibe is, you know, uh, and then people bringing that to it. I I know that like, some some of the artists are possibly going to lean dark with what they do because that's an inherent take on when you're presented with something as, uh, for lack of a better word, like like a wholesome toy, uh, to see it and go like, well, I want to go the other way with it, and that makes sense. But I know that the the feeling of Furby rings through so strong that like so many people are going to be like, well, I want I want to bring that through in what I'm presenting as well. So I know that. The, the the feel and the vibe of the show and like everybody there is going to be real real positive uh uh and it's not to say despite any any darker leaning toys it's yeah it, <laughs> yeah uh because i know that that that's that's just art and that's what comes through you know
0: i'm pumped uh i'll be flying out so i can't wait to be there on opening um Yeah, I was the my brain started going into like weird directions of, man, do I make Furby shaped cookies and hand those out to people like. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can't wait to be there for opening.
4: Yeah, we've had we've had some stuff in the past where uh, we we partner with some local businesses. So like uh, Polly G's is a, a pizza place that has done a few of our shows with us um we reach out to them anytime we have a weird ask and we're like can you do a pizza like this to fit this show and they've done they've done some great stuff where they've almost like done 3d printing cheese like just to like have logos and stuff on a pizza um they the one that i I still can't figure out they they did the voltron show for us Mm -hmm. and uh they made a voltron pizza where like they use different color toppings on the one pizza but the blue it it always escapes me what they use for blue because blue is not a, like a color that turns up often in food. Yeah. Uh, and I, it had to have been like one of those purple potatoes or something possibly that they uh, blanched or dyed a little bit to, to get the color right. Um, but yeah, like the Furby cookies, you know, if we, if we think of something in, in the meantime, for sure, let's, let's throw something in there. You know, Do you want to tell the details
0: of, how it opens how long you keep it all those things uh
4: it's our it's our normal shop uh the shop is open uh like you can buy anything that's in there uh, including the art but like you know we're open for normal sales uh we close the shop at 6 p.m on fridays and what we normally do and what we'll do for the furby show show is we'll stay closed for an hour so we can finalize anything that needs to be done we reopen at seven um people sometimes line up outside waiting to get into the art show um and then when we open the doors at 7, you're allowed to come in, walk straight up to the art. You see something you want, you just turn around to me at the counter, me or Liz, and ask uh, to purchase the piece. <clears throat> so what we do, you would pay for the piece then, and this, the entire show stays up in in its entirety for about two weeks. After that point, we'll text you, um, if you're local, or we will ship to you the item that you bought. Um, now pieces start coming down and then we rearrange the show that's uh, remaining with unsold pieces and that usually stays up there for a, about a full month. So opening night pieces sell they'll stay there about two weeks and then we'll start pulling them down and letting people pick them up and then another couple weeks the entire show still or you know the remaining show's still there um, then also during the show we have light drinks and snacks, usually some weird Oreo flavor. That we go out of our way to find um and then there's uh beer for anybody at 21 and up and you are also allowed to BYOB so like we'll have coolers and stuff set out that if you want to bring stuff and set it in there go for it if not we have a really weird Coors light machine in the back that's always stocked uh it's a it's a refreshenator yeah <laughs> and it, it's a this big Coors light refrigerator that you smack a button on the bottom and a can rolls out the bottom uh, and then we'll have like whatever beer that we decide to pick up outside of that. Um, yeah. And there's music playing. We'll we'll see about getting a DJ for this one. We, we have DJs from time to time, DJ the art shows. Um, and then, yeah, uh, hopefully some of the artists will make it out. I, I saw some on there that are semi-local and they do come to the show. So that'd be nice. I can't wait to see it. I, you know, uh, it's,
0: Um, there's like toy shops that do things for resin artists and toy artists. And being in California, I don't get to see those shops. So this will be you're the first of those shops that I've seen, which is cool. Um, so I'm pumped to be there in person and to um just be I think in the vibe of like an art show as well as a toy shop. Like that's something that I've never even seen. So I, I can't wait.
4: Right on. Yeah. I'm excited to excited to meet you in person
0: yeah and,
4: uh start putting the show together
0: awesome um any final thoughts on the furby show before we get rolling
4: um i'd say if there's if there's a piece that you see that you're interested in uh like when the show goes up uh and you feel free to reach out however um I can't sell to uh, individuals outside the gallery opening until after the show. So people coming into the show for the gallery opening get first dibs on the art that's there. Cause that's kind of the point of the show is to, yeah. to get people in our doors. Um, but you're more than welcome. Cause we'll, we'll do, um, that's something I didn't go over. Sorry. Uh, after that, we'll, we'll do an Instagram claim sale,
0: uh, with any
4: unsold pieces, um, not always, but if somebody's adamant about a piece, um, reach out to me and see if you can snag it after the gallery opening, but before the Instagram claim sale. Uh, if there's too many, I might tell people to hold off and just claim during the sale. But if there's somebody who's just like I, I can't live without this piece. Let's let's see if we can make it work for it. Yeah, awesome,
0: dude. Thank you again for letting this happen. Uh, it's a dream come true.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm super super excited about this one, man.
0: On that mantle.
3: Yeah. Because
0: um, those aren't in the wild as much.
3: No, we did find the first couple of them. Yeah, the wild. that's
4: how it
2: okay. kind of got, some of it yeah. got started. Uh, tell him the story about the, the Godzilla and
1: the two yeah. Shogun Warriors. Um, <laughs> it, started, it
3: started with the Shogun Godzilla. Um, yeah. He had seen somebody selling a lot of their childhood collection on, in a Facebook group, and he, he was selling it for $200, and it had Godzilla and probably like 30 or so vintage figures along with it for $200. Yeah. And <laughs> he um, sent me uh, the post so I could take a look at it and see what I thought about it. And I jumped right on it. Um, I kind of got lucky, I think, because I think people probably thought it was a scam when mm-hmm. I was really hoping it wasn't. I was very pleased when the box actually arrived in the mail.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was so cheap that like yeah. nobody was like claiming it because they thought it was a scam because it was so cheap. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and um, we had the intention of reselling everything, but godzilla stayed with us mm-hmm. and then um there was a marketplace out on facebook um locally for um a star wars lot with a vader case so we went out there to look at that and we walked into the house the guy had two shogun warriors on his shelf and we asked if he was selling those as well and um he gave us a price and we
2: yeah we, we, we ended like, up getting like two shogun warriors for 150 yeah,
0: for oh my god yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's
3: just not super lucky there
0: did that so that the Shogun Godzilla is the one with the fists that like
3: firing yeah, fist uh-huh
0: did the one that you bought did it have the fist still
1: yeah
0: unreal <laughs> <laughs> unreal I always um there's a part of me uh well, okay this is a confession time. I feel like people can. Yeah, I can confess. Um, there's a part of me that when I see toys that for sale, like a swap meet or a thrift store or something, and I know that this toy is worth like $200, but it has the price tag of 20 bucks on it or something. The inner me is like, gotcha. <laughs> like, I'm taking it. Yeah. The other side of me is like, do I warn them? Do I just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I tell them, but then I have to pay $200? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs>
2: Well, that's like the, the godzilla thing i saw on there because uh I, I had seen it first and i was like look at this i was like this guy is selling he's saying it's his childhood collection but it's like the complete shogun godzilla and then he had like probably like she said like 30 other figures which were like vintage star wars figures Battlestar galactica figures buck rogers um remco universal monster figures oh my gosh you know, all 70s and early 80s like kind of hard to find stuff and it was 200 bucks for like the whole lot and i was like people aren't buying this because they think it's a scam i was like but i don't think it's a scam (laughs) i think this guy's for real and uh i said it to her and she like got on there and claimed he's like you're gonna be happy that you did this because everybody the guy even said everybody thinks this is a scam but it's not she just got really lucky like he knew (laughs) that it was a good deal it was his childhood collection he was just wanting somebody to have it that was going to appreciate it so we got really lucky with that.
0: <laughs> What's crazy is the Godzilla alone pays for that whole thing. Right, yeah. The Remco monsters, each individual one pays for that whole thing. Right? Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, with all this collecting and, and searching and now toy making and, and all the stuff that you have revolving around toys. What do you kids think about your, like this life that you've built? What is family friend? What does that look like for you?
2: Well, it's kind of crazy. It, like I was in the pipe fitters union and like worked in like construction and welding and stuff for most of my adult life, like for the last 20 years. And then just about a month ago, I left the pipe fitters union to do toys exclusively. Like she was mm-hmm. already right doing it exclusively. And we just decided that things were going so good that why not? You know what I mean? I can be home all the time. We can be together and like, have family time to do stuff we have five kids so we got a lot of family stuff going on but uh so now we're doing toys exclusively like 24 hours a day but uh yeah our toy collection has literally taken over our house so i think our older kids especially are kind of annoyed with it like we have a 17 and an 18 year old and they're kind of like they walk, bring their friends over to the house and there's like a huge hutch with like hundreds of action figures on it. Like as soon as you walk in the door and like Godzilla's on top of it and like fighting man- 12-inch Mandalorian figures and like <laughs> come into the living room and it's like Shogun warriors all across the mantle and basically everywhere. And uh, the younger kids, they're kind of more like keen on it probably because they're young. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll get annoyed with it by the time they get
0: older too. Do you ever look at them and just point to your toys and say, "This pays for your stuff"? So let's. Check <laughs> out.
2: This is going to be your college fund one
0: yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it seems like you've passed down the collecting, uh, spirit almost. With you said your son collects the war stuff, correct?
2: Yeah. He's like he's really into history. Like, like all kinds of like antiques and war stuff, mostly like world war one world war two and like civil war stuff but he collects like all different kinds of like historical antiques and stuff like that he started out collecting toys like he was the oldest was like the first one that kind of got me into it he started collecting pop figures at first funko pop figures and then like it kind of turned into like all different kinds of pop culture stuff and like we started going out to conventions and hunting stuff down and like i'd always uh, honestly been a collector. Since I was a little kid, like when I was a little kid, I wanted the stuff that was made before I was born. Like I was collecting like 12 inch Mark's Toys figures and like 12 inch G.I. Joe's like that was like my grails whenever I was a kid. I was like the stuff that came before my time was like really drawing me to it or like 70s Mego figures and stuff like that like I was always like so intrigued by that or like the straight arm GI Joes, like, yeah. cause they were mm-hmm. kind of before my time of collecting. So I was always like out hunting for that stuff at like yard sales when I was just a little kid and like, was really into collecting stuff, even like stuff like that back when I was a kid. So it's kind of always been with me, like the collecting <laughs> aspect of things.
0: I, uh, yeah, I, I think growing up in the eighties for Uh, both of you I was born in 1990 so like we're in this 20 year period where the best toys and the best things were coming out um we're collecting so much like I I work with teenagers now and I can't convey to them how crazy it is that collecting was so crazy that there were court cases to divvy up beanie babies.
3: <laughs> the, the beanie babies. babies.
0: <laughs> and so having to um just be able to say, like, this is where our culture came from. So like it's in your blood too. You just haven't awakened it yet. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy to think. But uh that's it makes sense that 17 to 18-year-old look at it and they're like, uh, they'll come back. They'll we all we all do exactly um with all the collecting and everything that you do and then all the making that you do what's next for this dynamic duo
2: um right now we're kind of working on a set of figures that are going to be Earth to Kentucky exclusive figures
0: nice
2: uh we lo- we're, we're not far from Earth to Kentucky and that's like our one of our favorite places to go because obviously it's like not a regular toy store it's got all the like
1: all the custom, custom yeah. toys
2: and stuff and uh like the stuff we were making basically we try to keep it like at a lower like we try not to like get it up like let it get above a certain price point yeah and so it was like we when we first got out about earth to kentucky we like wanted to put our stuff in there but like it's already at the point where it's hard there wouldn't be very much profit margin for either of us like for us Mm -hmm. or them if we were to do like the stuff that we're doing all the time and we're kind of having issues keeping up with the amount of stuff people want like yeah uh, like we could basically sell almost as much as we make all the time like every once in a while we get some stuff that's kind of there's some leftovers but it usually sells out pretty quick shortly after that but uh so we kind of came up with the idea We're going to make like just a set of figures that are exclusive for Earth to Kentucky. So people aren't going to be like on our page buying them and then they get like the leftover customers or something like that. You know what I mean? Like we didn't want to give them like a bunch of the Snow Trooper figures. I've already sold hundreds of them and there's barely anybody else that's going to come and buy them or something like that. So we're working on like a line of figures right now that's going to be exclusively for Earth to Kentucky.
0: Man, I... So, I love Dustin. Uh, oh, yeah. I've never met his wife at Pauly, correct? No,
2: we even never
1: met Paulie. No,
0: okay. Um, I live in California. So, like, getting out to E2K has never happened. I've yeah. always wanted to. Um, but man, if he, if only he knew, if he ever asked me for anything, I'd be like, yep, look, whatever you want. Uh, I got it. <laughs> um, right. But that's cool that you're doing a, a specific colorway. So, when does that drop? When are we looking?
2: We're not really sure yet because the stuff that we're doing, we're going to have to use the scanner to make because okay. it's like so different that uh like I can actually show you one or pull out some of the figures. We'll show you right now. Like this guy, he's going to be uh we call him instead. It's like a mix of like the Action Force Red Wolf figure, but we're going to call him Dead Wolf.
0: Oh, he's fantastic!
2: Jetpack on the back, but this no. is going to be a figure that we have to. 3d scan to make i mean obviously this is like prototype so it's gonna be like painted up and stuff to like look like that then this is another one this is a cyber mando it's like a cyborg mandalorian
0: another beauty
2: and then this is a really awesome one
3: it's kind of like um oh like a micronauts inspired greedo
0: oh it's kind of like a figure that needs to be in my collection
3: with some chrome accents but we're gonna do him in uh a few different colors as well with a cake
0: those figures are fantastic i can't wait to see like all those figures show up at e2k yeah
2: we're pretty excited about it like the main thing is right now is just uh getting the scanner to work because we don't have like files to make these or anything right now so we could definitely have to get the 3d scanner started to start making them but that's our like kind of a big project we're hoping to have coming up here soon.
0: That is so awesome. I love the thing I love most about the podcast is that it's not video. So whatever I see, I just get to be the first one that sees (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they're like, Oh my gosh, what were they talking about? Like, I don't know. I can't remember. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I can't wait to see those. Um, There is, on top of those projects, I mean, you've talked about how keeping stock is so tough because you're just producing so much. Are there things that you wish you could start doing, but just don't have the time to do it?
2: Yeah, that's kind of like, like I said, we try to keep the figures at a certain price point. But, like, we're definitely capable of making, like, a lot more elaborate stuff but the time that it takes to put into it compared to what you can actually sell them for, it kind of makes it where we can't do that stuff all the time. Like we have to like kind of keep it with more simple stuff. So that that way we can keep the price point lower so that they're kind of accessible to everybody because we could definitely make stuff that's really elaborate then, but it's going to, we'd have to sell it for like a hundred or $200 to make it worth it. The time that we put into it or whatever. And, in order to kind of keep things moving along as far as like a business standpoint, we can't just make two or three $200 figures a month (laughs) and hope that they sell. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, That is... I mean, that's the most real side of toy making. That's the most like...
1: uh,
0: I think that people... The idea is that like, oh, we – you got to like charge what you're worth. We do have caps that I don't think yeah. people understand. And then we do have the idea that we're never going to get fully paid for every hour that we put in. Right. And and people that believe that we should, well, welcome to a $2,000 figure at the end of the day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because like especially when we're going out like we spend – multiple hours every week going out hunting for parts and stuff to make stuff, which is that's just like gas money. And then like more hours on top of making the stuff just to find the parts sometimes to make things. And then there's a bunch of, like you said, there's all different kinds of aspects to it that people don't even think about. But uh, yeah, it definitely, you got to really like, now that we're doing it as like full-time jobs for both of us, we really have to like watch like what we're putting into it and what we're getting out of it. Like before, like it was like our livelihood, we could just make whatever we wanted and put 10 or 20 hours into making a really awesome figure. But now we have to like really make sure that we invest our time wisely into what we're
1: making.
0: Yeah. I have to say, I was so pumped to have you guys come on today. Uh, Like I've seen all the different things that you create and it's, yeah such a pleasure to have you guys on today
2: yeah we were excited too like we'd done the toys alive uh interview and like we were on like a high for a while after (laughs) that just like to to like kind of have people recognize our work i guess you could say
0: yeah um the last part of this episode is the same for every artist it's something i love doing um it's where you get to plug all of your work any upcoming projects anything that you want people to know um everything about who you are as this duo in toy making
2: um as far as plugs um we have a ton of people that we get inspired by and it, there's so many it's hard to like name them all but the best thing to do as far as like our inspiration for our work would be like look at the people who we follow on instagram those are all like the people that we love their work and their work inspires us as far as plugging somebody probably the main person we should probably plug definitely Mm -hmm. is uh funky mcclunky i don't know if you know who he is Mm -hmm. but he makes 3d print files and we buy all of our star wars 3d print files from him so he's the one actually making the files that we print our figures from so if it wasn't for him like we would not be anywhere where we're at today because his files basically made it to where we can make all these figures i mean like not the kit bash figures but like as far as like the ice figures or like the different colored Star Wars figures, those are all print files that he makes and his print files are definitely the best out of anyone's. Like there's a bunch of different people that make them, but he goes through and like touches up the files and like makes them like super clean. So that when we print them, they're like identical to the original figure. Mm -hmm. Like some people's print files are kind of rough. And like when you print them out, they don't really look as good quality as like an original figure, but with his print files, the quality is like 100% as good as the original figure, which is insane that he can like kind of make them that way. Cause he actually like goes in and like touches up all the figures to make them where like the print files are immaculate.
0: Mm. And if they want, if people want to get hands on your work, where do they do? How do they go about that?
2: Um, We sell on both our Instagram page and our facebook page the majority of the ice figures get sold on claim sales on our, our on facebook, facebook page but if we if there's leftovers from the claim sale we will sometimes put them on instagram for sale but a lot of times they get sold out like within the first day but as far as like other figures we post them both for sale on claim sales in our facebook page and our instagram page we've been talking about starting an etsy page for like stuff anything we have like leftovers from claim sales but it hasn't really got to that point yet where we have needed to do that because most of the stuff like i said sells out pretty quick yeah. we don't want to have to pay etsy fees if we don't have to
0: i know those are killer <laughs> well hey thank you both for being on the podcast today
2: thank you it's yeah. awesome